This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, sweet things. This is Rowan with Preggers Can Be Choosers. And we are having our fourth and more afterbirth postpartum support group, which means everybody's welcome and you don't have to be pregnant. You don't have to be unpregnant. You just have to come because we're everybody. We just want everybody to be here and be supported and help navigate kind of a trying time, which is already postpartum or pregnancy or anything around that. And then we're layering on that we're in the first few months of a pandemic that might be an ongoing situation. So we're here together just loving up and taking care of each other. Today is uh, May 5th, which is Cinco de Mayo here in Texas. Well, I guess it's everywhere, but um, and he, and it's a, it's a, it's a overpopulated, it's a, how do I say this? It's really not that big a deal in Mexico. It's a very minor type of um, battle that w- or skirmish, but it's been taken as a Mexican Independence Day, which it completely is not. But for Cinco de Mayo, most people just kind of, it's like, um, what's that St. Patrick's Day? Everybody just kind of loses their shit and eats a bunch of tacos, which um, I'm all about, by the way. But besides Cinco de Mayo, it is also uh, Day of the Midwife and Nurse Midwife. So everybody's kind of excited about that and people have been extra sweet to me today because I am a CPM, a certified professional midwife here in Houston, Texas. And I'm one third of Preggers Can Be Choosers. Dr. Blythe, who is our mental director, won't be joining us today, nor will Mary. Mary is our uh, student midwife and excellent massage therapist. And uh, she's researching some things for a presentation we're doing tomorrow surrounding uh, charting your own fertility. So if anybody has any feedback on books or best ways to chart their own fertility or how they were taught that, we'd love to hear it. So I guess that's enough about me. Go ahead and unmute yourselves. Be super mindful if you have kids banging around in the background um, because it turns out it makes the audio really loud. It's hard for me to edit out. And I know you guys are tired of hearing me talk about it, but what I don't want is for people not to be able to listen to the content because um, of audio overload. So I'm going to mute myself and then whoever would like to go next, please go. Hey, I'm Tiffany. I am a mom of two in Baltimore. Um, I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old. We are fixing to move out of our two-bedroom apartment into a house in the middle of the month. Um, And I just feel like shit today. Hey, I'm Adila, mom of three. I have a uh, soon to be five-year-old, soon to be three-year-old, and a 11th month old, and I am 32 weeks pregnant. Um, 
I also got these fabulous new earrings that I'm wearing today. I got them last night. So um feeling good about myself right now. Um, and yeah, um, what we just found out too that our cat has like a thyroid issue. I know I've been keeping you up to date with my cat issues, <laughs> but hopefully um, we're going to get his, I think the, the vets said that that's why he, his liver started to shut down. So he's going to get on some new medication and then hopefully the th- fixing the thyroid will fix the liver and he'll be a healthier, better cat. Hey, I'm Caitlin. I have a five-year-old and two-year-old, and I don't know, this week's just been already rough, and it's Tuesday. Just a lot going on, and lots of new changes that we're navigating with our kiddos, Um, because my sister-in-law did move out over on Saturday, and so everything's kind of shifted, and everything, and all the furniture in the house is shifting to make sure that there's no just plain empty room. Um, So it's just, there's a lot of a lot more change on top of other change and it's a lot so that's where we're at well tiff you want to start with telling us why you feel like shit because it looks like you got some takers um i woke up with a headache and i am thinking i guess hoping that it's sinuses and allergy stuff um and may just sucks um the anniversary of my cat dying is on thursday and then uh the anniversary of Barry's mom dying is the next day and then it's Mother's Day and we need to pack our house and I feel like the time that we really need the help is like people can't help us right now and a kid doesn't want to do schoolwork anymore, and my little one just wants to live in a fantasy world and play pretend all the time, and it's becoming a problem because she won't stop. And it's just like everything I feel like is just like dumping onto me, and have you know a bunch of shit to do and life to get ready for moving and i just want to lay in bed and cry so what do you normally do i guess like when you're when we're not in this situation of covid19 what would you normally do for self-care for yourself if you felt like this Um, normally I, like, I would be in bed and cry and cry and cry and ignore my problems and, um, you know, not want to get up. Um, 
but I know that that's not really beneficial for myself or anyone. And I've, you know, been just trying to, even just this morning, drink more water and just try to relax and calm my mind because it's just a flurry with static and all of this, you know, have to, have to, have to, worry, worry, worry. And I know that I, you know, it's almost like I don't know what to do with all of it because the things that I would normally do, I can't do because of quarantining and coronavirus. And it's just, everything sucks right now. So may, okay, first off crying in your bed is totally okay. Cause sometimes we just need to cry. We just need to let all that out. And so don't feel like that's backtracking or not helping you. Cause I think crying is healthy at times. Um, I don't know if Barry's like able to do it, but you know, maybe you just need a, like one day to not worry about the kids and other responsibilities. And you just tell them like, you know, hun, I need you to just help me feed the kids today and keep them entertained. Screw the schoolwork. No big deal. You know what I mean? Like, School's coming to an end now. It's about to be the summertime. All Fs are out the window, you know, like whatever. Um, and, and just, you know, do something for yourself, whether that's taking a nice hot shower, exfoliating your body, putting a face mask on, looking out the window and having coffee with the window open, taking a short walk around the block just to get outside and away, shave. <laughs> Um, you know, like just do something for yourself. Don't worry about the children and your husband. Just tell them like, I just need to stay to, to, to recharge and get, you know, my energy in the right spot in the right area. Um, some things that work for me when I feel overwhelmed with tasks is I make a list and I make a list of things I need to get done today and things that I need to get done like in a week, because like sometimes I get those lists confused and it seems like all one huge big pile up in my brain, you know, but then if I separate it and I'm like, okay, like today I need to empty the dishwasher <laughs> um, so I can get dirty dishes in there and my kitchen's not such a mess, but this week I need to at least do my laundry sometime, right? You know, like those little things or I need to pack this um, on Wednesday or I can do that on Thursday. Um, so it doesn't seem so piled upon you. and then. Also, sometimes I make a list of things that are in my control and things that aren't in my control. And then I look at those things that aren't in my control that I'm stressing out about. And I like do kind of like a meditation of like, let it go. Right. Just like kind of let it fall off my body and use gravity to help me get rid of those, those feelings. Um, so just an idea. And it's like tough because yeah, we're in quarantine and it sucks. Um, but we're here for you. And uh, I hope you feel better. Something also, uh, if you just scream into a pillow, because that is always beneficial. Screaming into a pillow, sometimes just like letting out that big, ah, 
is like relieving physically, which can sometimes help you men- mentally. Just just scream it out, girl. I am also like really missing my cat. Um, and for those of you who have lost pets, I wanted to know like what are some ways that you, you know, memorialize them or think of them fondly, um, because I want to be able to do that so that we can like pack all of those rascal mementos and things um for the move and then set up something in the new house that is like his little memorial area so what do y'all have like we all got for him? hey y'all we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get right back to it getting back to our real talk after birth style me well i can do this one because um I don't know, like, I used to feel really weird about being so connected to my, my pets or my dog and stuff. And, um, and then I realized um, that, and this is probably good, my sister's not on this call, but um, I have a pretty significant assault history from growing up, okay? So, and that's part of the reason my last name is Two Sisters and not Anderson. So, when I was 10, we got a dog. And the dog would keep um, the perpetrator from coming into the bedroom and hurting me and my sister. So the dog died when I was 20. And so I lost my shit, you know? Like I felt like I'm not safe, I'm gonna get raped, you know, all those things. And then, um, and it just really upset me. Like, like I just like felt so weird. And then I guess about three weeks after my dog, my childhood dog died, somebody said, well, we have this dog and the other dogs are mean to it. And if we don't, if you don't take it, we're going to take it out back and shoot it. And I was like, bring me the dog, you know? So I quickly learned that having another animal doesn't make the loss any less. It just gives me something to hold while I cry. Right. And everybody knows there's 9 million dogs and 9 million cats out there that need, there you go. Right. Yeah. So then um, I felt, but I still felt kind of stupid about this, right? So I was at the farm actually in Tennessee and uh, the dog that I'd gotten when the first dog died, um, the second dog's name was Austin Heller and I had had to put Austin Heller to sleep, which fucking sucked. And then I went to the farm for the first time and there was this dog walking around. I was like, oh, it's a cool dog. And they're like, I was like, whose dog is this? And they're like, oh, we thought it was your dog. (laughs) So I brought the dog home with me, right? And I felt weird. So that dog's name was Sochi. And so with Sochi, I... um, I remember telling, I think it was Pamela Hunt, um, one of the farm midwives, I was like, I just feel so stupid because I, you know, I'm an adult and I feel like I'm going to lose my shit if I don't have an animal, you know, a dog. And um, and they were like, well, your animal is your shamanic extension. Of course, you're going to feel that way. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I could see this differently, right? So um, then I had that dog so chief for a super long time. And then the dog gods were really cruel to me one year and I lost like three dogs in like, I don't know, eight months or something. It was really terrible. So I had to put Sochi, Sochi was older. Sochi was at about 12 when she transitioned. And I always had this agreement that the animals are going to give me a look. And I know that look means I need you to do a responsible dog owner thing and let me go. 
or pet owner, right? So, so she gave me the look, and then um, around that time, I had another dog named Mati Soul that was like a pit bull that was like a, a bait dog, which is its own terrible thing. And I had this vision that Mati Soul, Mati Soul hated kids, like you know, like those people on the news where a pit bull eats a child. That was Mati Soul from you know abuse history. So I was always super careful that Mati Soul would never be around any children. And I had a vision that Mati Soul was attacking a small child. And I was like, we're not. And I had promised Mati Soul that. All the bad stuff had already happened to her. So I went and I put her, took her to the vet. And the vet was real cool with me. By now they knew. Like, you know, so I get my crystals out and we do our chanting. And I have this huge piece of rose quartz I haul in and all this shit, right? So the vet was really kind to me. And they knew the drill. So so, so she and the Mati Soul. And then I was working out at this warehouse where there was this dog. There was a big boxer named Hella. And she had a puppy named Shade. And, um. Ella um, went back into heat and so like I got her fixed and she was a stray and they're like well this dog has such a huge heartworm load like why did you bring in her I was like well I don't want her to have puppies you know like so anyway she died from complications from um, anemia from getting spayed while she had such a high heartworm count, which was just devastating you know so I waited um I trapped when uh, when Hello was still recovering. She hadn't transitioned yet. She had this puppy named Shade that nobody could touch. So I trapped Shade in this huge box and then and brought her and Hella home to my house. And Hella died. And um, and I remember like I was laying on the floor with her and she died. And I like put her body in this huge box. And Shade was with the other dogs, trying to integrate. And it was just like a huge mess, you know. And I had a roommate who was a Buddhist. And she had gone, I had gone to pick up Robin from work. We were sharing a car and she came home and saw this huge box and she was like, oh, okay. You know, thought it was something cool. And here's this huge dead dog, you know, a big boxer in there. And she wrote this love letter to Hella on the box. Like, you know, like a Buddhist, you know, like really mindful and like, you know, this big, like, you know, this whole thing, like I couldn't have been gone very long. We must've just missed each other. So when I come home, my roommate, her name was Kirsten had left, but there was this huge letter of love to hella on this box you know and it was so sweet and so kind and, and i just really you know felt it and during this time i'd wanted to get a great dane and i was like yeah i got all this dog flux going on and how can i get a great dane and and my roommates were really kind they're like you know now we have um we had a dog named noah and then we had um the new puppy shade who nobody could touch i just put monty soul to sleep Hella's died, you know, so we normally were a three dog family. So now we're down to two. So I went and got a big dog named Parsley. And Parsley, um, I knew was coming to me because um, I got her the day after or on Good Friday. And on Good Friday, um, is like a the herb is Parsley for that day, for those witches out there. And so um, and Parsley was an albino Great Dane that had been severely abused. And so she was about 34 pounds and full grown and at full capacity, she's 100 pounds. So I got Parsley. And um, you know, and Parsley, <clears throat> if you want to watch eight years of your life go really fast, get a Great Dane, okay? And so when Parsley transitioned, I realized she was getting sick, and um, so many people came to my house. I just put it on Facebook. I was like, um, can I have some people come over and help me dig a, you know, a Great Dane-sized hole in my yard? And, like, people I didn't even know came over. I'm never doing that again, by the way, because people were coming over. Like, I didn't even know. Like, like one guy was opening the gate and I was like, hi, I don't even know you. Thanks for coming. And he goes, it's Jeff. And I was like, hi, Jeff. You know, like I had no idea. And he goes, I'm Marin's husband. I was like, oh, right. Okay. Marin's husband. You look a lot different. Thanks. Come on in. And so um, people dug this hole in my yard 
and it wasn't really deep enough, you know, it was kind of a dry, it was during a, a drought here in Houston. And so um, they dug about like maybe a two foot hole. So what it did is, and parsley rallied for six more weeks, but that hole let the water go in, you know, so it got softer and softer. So when parsley did transition, um, I had, I, we had like a series of bad nights and by now I was already sleeping downstairs and just really loving on her and everybody's coming over and like talking to the dog. Parsley was really a special dog. You met Parsley, Tiffany. I think you know Parsley. So when Parsley was like, this is for real going to happen, um, because she'd had that six weeks before all these people would come over and visit her. It was crazy. Like I have so many pictures. People didn't even know Parsley when to come over and see her. <clears throat> I felt like that, you know, like if you made a picture of the Virgin on a piece of toast and everyone to see it, that's how I felt about Parsley. People were like scheduling stuff. So, and I wasn't really leaving the house. People were doing my grocery shopping and it was like Parsley visual. It was very weird. But anyway, and Par Parsley wasn't really always in her body. She was like a ghost dog. She was really beautiful. And so um, when Parsley did finally transition, I knew, like, I called the people to, like, come and put her down because I was like, this isn't going to happen, you know, like, this is too much and it's time to go. And so I was sleeping on the dog bed with her downstairs and I was telling her, you can save me $250 if you go by 1030, you know, because it was going to be really expensive to have this people come over. And, and so then my husband at the time came downstairs and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm sleeping downstairs on the dog bed with the dog, clearly. And so then... Um, he went to go get something and my husband at the time, he's really short. So I had to go get it for him because he's short. And so when I got up, a car parsley made this terrible noise. And then we ran back to her and parsley and Trey goes, what are you looking at parsley? And I was like, Oh, I know what she's looking at. She's looking at Valhalla. And so I had my stethoscope and I listened and she had transitioned, you know? So then um, she, she, uh, the people came to verify that she was dead. I was like, the dog is dead, okay. But they helped me um, move her to the space in the yard where they'd started that hole. And so um, at the time, um, like I had somebody super close to me, my friend Todd came over and Todd dug the rest of that hole like six feet deep, right? And so I just sat on a lawn chair next to Parsley's body and she had this little pea coat on and mother dog Electra was my husband's dog at the time, kept like trying to uncover her face, you know, and it was really this is so intense and and I remember oh and the neighbor was going to come over and help Todd lower her into the ground you know and and Todd is like one of those people that's always with me when some shit's going down you know and so Todd was with me and he was digging this hole and I was just sitting there crying and I think I was wearing pajamas like I never got dressed or whatever and people were coming over to like walking into my yard and like I didn't even care like I was just really out of it you know I was just sticking close to Todd and didn't want to stop touching Parsley's face you know and so um, then finally the neighbor comes over and they um, lower her down and, you know, she's a hundred pound dog. So it's kind of hard. And, and I just remember like thinking, Oh, and I put like a, a, a gazebo up over where her body was and stuff. I had this gazebo and like, I would sit out there all the fucking time. And that was one of the hardest things about leaving that property because it was this kind of overgrown double lot. And so when they sold the property, they divided it up. And now there's like this, you know, fancy house over, you know, they pulled up a country down. So, like, I wondered, you know, does that, like, does that spot stay really magical still because of Parsley's body being there, you know? I don't know. But what I've done now with, because Parsley going, you know, I had some time with that, but with the cats that I've had, like, I spent so much time looking at cat pictures, you know, and I put cat pictures up, and I almost wore this necklace. I'll post a, a link to it. But on Etsy, that was like a little broom. I tried it on and it didn't go with a shirt. But it's a broom and it has a cat on it. And so, like, I bought myself that necklace. And when I had another cat named Mr. Cups that I loved a lot. 
I seem to get cat jewelry, like a jewelry with a piece of, you know, like a cat on it. Um, and I have like um, a little cat statue that I have in my different altar places. Um, I know that Susie, one of our friends, she got a big cat um, picture tattoo on her thigh of her kitty Sunny Sunshine. So I think like creating a sacred space and then like just grieving, but also I like the jewelry piece because then I can look at it and I can see it and I feel like I'm having that energy with me. But having the grace to like give myself a break because our animals are, you know, shamanic extensions or whatever, you know, vernacular, whatever the words that you use, it's a way that we um, amplify who we are and it's a point of sacred for us. And one thing that I do is um, parsley is the passcode to get into my computer. So now you all know, um, like, you know, when it open you opens it up. So I, cause wherever you, whenever you use a password for something, it's an affirmation. And so a lot of my old passwords are Marisol Ani, which is the dog and cat I had for a long time, or Sochil, because nobody can ever spell it. So like using their little names, like that's always nice. It's an affirmation for me. But it's it's terrible and it's awful. And I always think about, like Mr. Cups is a cat that I loved so much. And then when I got Vetiver, it was like, well, here's a fucking cat that needs a home. All right, whatever, here, come, come here. And it took us about four years before we even liked each other. Like the cat bit me on the face all the time and, so, and peed on my bed. It was like one of those shitty cats. But he liked a lot the Airstream, you know, so then we got our groove down. And then one of my neighbors poisoned him. And I'm fairly certain that's what happened to my last cat, you know. So I'm on cat restriction until I move. But that's what I've done. That I understand why I'm so upset. And I give myself a break. And I cry. And right after um, Penny Royal died, I remember I had to do, I was doing body work in here. And somebody um, came and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just having a rough day. And she goes, are you all right? It was like a new patient. And she goes, um, you know, it was a new patient. and and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, my cat died, you know? And so she was like, so kind. So I think just like being real upfront, you know, like oh, I'm depositing stuff at the bank. Sorry, my cat died, whatever. You know, and we have less interaction with that now because of social distancing or whatever. But anyway, it's just real, real. I'm a hot mess. My cat died. This is who I am today. We've also been having, um, like whenever Willow gets upset, my, my younger daughter upset about, not getting her way or, you know, being told what to do and she's crying and, you know, sometimes it's, Willow, why are you crying so much? And she says, I'm crying about Rascal. And Barry has gotten frustrated with it. And he'll say to her, you can't blame what you're crying on, on Rascal. And I tried to tell him that, like, you know, she associates being sad with, you know, the, the cat dying. And it's kind of like we're stuck in a place where we're not really sure if she is understanding what's going on or if she really is sad about Rascal or if she's just using that as an excuse to cry. So that's also been kind of like a very strange spot because I want to be able to give her that space to be upset. But at the same time, I don't want her to be using it as an excuse. And she's only four. Personally, so, like when, oh. No, go ahead. Um, personally, when Skylar's been doing that, like um, they've been talking about like 
how they're sad about certain things. Um, it's not necessarily that they're sad about that specific event, but they're feeling the same e feelings during that event and they don't know how to communicate that feeling, but they can communicate the event. So it might not be that it's specifically Rascal, but she's feeling the same feeling she felt when the things with Rascal happened. So that it's like, that's her only only way of connecting and communicating that piece. And that's the hard part to figure out. But knowing that that's how deep those feelings are with whatever it is, is, is part of that. Maybe. So I actually um, took an entire course last year um, with a program called Inelda, and it's the end of life doula training. Um, so it applies to animals, it applies to humans, it applies to whatever you want. Um, and part of it is uh, there's this project that you can do with clients, and it's called a legacy project. And you could create a memory book. You could um, do a memory box with the girls, uh, painting, quilting, and just be like, hey, guys, you know, like, I want you to paint how you feel about letting Rascal go. And, um, and then you could also loop in how she's having those big feelings of associating when she's upset with um, Rascal being gone. Um, one of the ideas that popped into my head was you, you're trying to uh, create some sort of like memory or memorial or something. Um, you could take your favorite picture and uh, all of you just write down your favorite story of the cat um, or with the cat or just like a couple of great memories like, oh, the cat used to snuggle on my neck and really make me feel comfortable and just express your feelings and it doesn't even have to be like full words. It can just be, I mean, full sentences. It can just be a couple words. And then you put the, the words in the back of the picture frame with the picture and you just place it somewhere. And then that way all of you have, you know, that intimate feeling with displaying the picture of um, your pet. And I pulled out my book, actually. Um, Tiffany, I can totally take some pictures of these pages and or scan them and whatever. Um, send them over to you and you guys could try and do some of these activities. There's a, a whole uh, chapter on vigils. So maybe just lighting. Um, it's, uh, it's the workbook. It's the Inelda workbook. Um, but uh, there's, um, you know, a vigil you guys could do to just kind of, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure how long ago this was but um, they recommend doing it within the first year. Um, so you could light candles and put up pictures at one night or one morning even, and just just have that released together or even individually. Um, I, am, I have a whole cabinet of creatures. Um, I have a, my very favorite chicken is still in my freezer actually, because I can't, Bring myself to burying her or like originally I was like oh I'm just gonna have her stuffed and I can look at her all the time and then I was like I love her so much if I see her stuffed I might get really upset and so she's just still in my freezer next to the popsicles and 
I just, that's where she is right now because I'm not ready to let go. And it's been two years. So I have a fully frozen chicken um, in my freezer. Um, but there's a, a lot of, like, you can write down, like, what is, what it is about um, that you're even holding on to as to what you're missing of your, your pet, even if it's just companionship. Like, go dive deep into it and, and feel all those big feelings and let the girls feel all those big feelings and write them all down or paint them or you could, you know, go collect toys or the cat toys or something that goes an outdoor cat, like collect things that it liked outside and put them all together and you could burn them all and release them to the burn or you could collect them and bury them and release it into the earth. There's, there's plenty of um, ideas and I'd be happy to, to screenshot or scan some of these pages and, and send them to you, Tiffany. You could post them in the um, group too, the, the Afterbirth uh, Facebook group. That would be helpful. Absolutely. One thing before you guys got on is that Mama D's kids were running around wearing a costume from some show that I don't know what it is. And um, and I think you said one of your kids was Rascal for Halloween. So could we get our uh, Rascal outfits on? You know, like Mama D's kids aren't taking their costumes off. So. These are all really good ideas. Um, yes, I would love to. I think it's like uh, this. the costume is like a 5T, so it's meant for Lily, but it is adorable and it's still in her closet. Um, we have done like over the past year, <clears throat> um, you know, Lily's drawn pictures of him and We've done a coloring page all together. <clears throat> I do have like a memory book um, that I started and there are stories, like it prompts you, like what are some funny stories or um, anything, stories about your cat and, you know, gives you pages to fill in. Um, so I, I do like some of the ideas that you were saying, Maggie. What about, um, I don't know, I personally hate puzzles in all games, but what if you got like a puzzle made of Rascal and that was something you guys could like, it's a, a sitting and being quiet, but doing a puzzle, like a custom puzzle made of Rascal or like, you know, Rascal face or something. Because it's a kind of mindfulness thing, but also just sitting in the vibe of Rascal. I think that's really cute. I really like that idea. So I, um, I have all of, all of my cats tattooed on me. <laughs> and um, sometimes the girls, like, well, there's two of them that have passed away that they never knew because it was, you know, before they were born. But um, sometimes the girls like to take markers and fill in the lines on my, my body. And so it's, it's kind of cute. I mean, you've got to like be patient and be like, okay, yeah, draw on me. 
<laughs> and then you know you're gonna have marker on yourself but um no big deal I suppose but uh uh sometimes it, that's kind of like uh, they're fun activities they like to draw within the lines and color like the flower that's right next to my cat's face or um uh like Kibu the one that's sick I have him tattooed on me and he has like a a snake tattooed inside of him and so they like to color in the snake and just um one of their fun activities I guess that they do I know it's not like you can go out right now and get a tattoo but <laughs> um I don't know maybe down the line and I also like the what Ron was saying with the jewelry I have a lot of cat jewelry that I like to associate with my cats that have passed away. So, yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I can show you, hold on. So there's Biru. There's Kibu with his snake on him and then I got my other three cats up here these two already passed away this one's still kicking it and she's 16 years old so yeah or maybe like getting like, like drawing an outline of your cat and then photocopying it and then always having it there and you've got like a stack of those like drawings or you know that you can um pull it out like oh let's draw a rascal like let's you know color in rascal here in the grass let's color in rascal laying on the couch you know and i'm sure you could find like generic you know drawings on google and then just color it in with like the the pattern that rascal was and everything that's a good idea you know some pre-made coloring pages because um especially ones that have feelings written on them or something like that when you're at Hottie Hoop Camp, which Tiffany and I both go to, um, a woman made like coloring pages. This is right when coloring was like really super fly hot. And uh, she made uh, coloring pages of hoopers that she knew. And so it was so great and it was really nice. So that's an idea too, Tiff. I don't know what your drawing skills are, but certainly they're better than mine and even I would attempt it. So, Hey, Caitlin, do you want to um, check in a little bit more about what's going on with you? Uh, I got loud kids right now. Um, sorry, they're really loud, so maybe somebody else. Well, Mama D, do you want to share any more about um, jitters about coming up to having your baby? I forget how many weeks you are. Is it 33, 34? Yeah, 32, 32 weeks, and um, things are just, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I could have this baby, like, in, like, five weeks, and there's some things that need to be done, um, like, and I, and I also asked my midwife, I was like, hey, do you have any birth kits that I can buy from you, which I did, like, the last two, and she's like, I don't. She kind of talked to me about like supply and demand and what's going on right now. Um, and then I try to like buy it online and I can't freaking buy it online. Okay, I'll get him in a second. Go tell Baba, please. And um, so I'm like, I need to get that done. And I'm also kind of like, where the hell are all of the scissors, the sterile scissors 
that, you know, we had from our last births. I'm just like, where, where do all those, that stuff go? Where does that stuff go? Um, and I'm also kind of wondering if I can use like animal chuck pads as chuck pads. Cause I have like those like puppy pads. <laughs> so, can I just use that? Does that work? Will that catch everything rowing? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not. But, don't get um, the scented ones. Oh yeah. No. Um, uh, and I got to talk to Headed cause like I randomly brought it up about, Oh, we need to get the hose adapter for the, the shower this time. Cause last time we didn't, and it took us forever to heat up that damn pool. Like people were going in and out of my kitchen to my bedroom, like, like a circus pouring in boiled water, you know? Um, and when I mentioned it to him, he was like, we're doing a water birth again. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a struggle for him because obviously he, he was the one that was mostly doing the running back and forth, trying to heat up the pool. And, um, the baby was like there a lot sooner than what we thought. Like I was like eight centimeters and I thought I was like three. <laughs> so, um, we weren't quite prepared and, uh, and then he had to siphon the water <laughs> because the pump wasn't working. So it was kind of, a lot for him and so I think he's having these like oh no I gotta do all this work you know after birth um and so anyways I gotta figure that crap out and talk to him about it making sure he's comfortable and all on board because he is my partner and I want him to be 100% you know with the decisions that are made during the birth and yeah just kind of hoping that this baby comes out like either number one or number two and not like number three because number three was a shit show in my head. Um, even though it was probably my easiest birth, it was like my hardest mentally. And I say that because like my contractions were so spread out that I had a lot of like time rest in between. Um, but yeah, like I said, when I was eight centimeters, I thought I was three. I just thought I wasn't in labor. I was telling my midwife, I was like, why are you here? Like, you're wasting time. You need to leave. I felt really bad that she had driven all the way out there. And then she checked me. She was like, well, you're eight centimeters with a bulging bag. And I was like, what? Um, but so anyways, yeah, I just, you know, preparing for that, trying to get in all like the last minute snuggles with my, my youngest right now. Cause I'm just, I like, I have this like guilt with him. Um, that he's not going to get the attention that I want to give him right now, but you know, it's meant to be and he'll still have plenty of attention from everybody else. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just wish, I kind of wish we had more time. And it's funny because I remember my mom, when I gave birth to AR first, I was like ready to have another baby. I just, I wanted to get pregnant straight away. And I was like, I want another baby. Um, this baby is a girl. So he's, yeah, like our only boy kind of deal right now. And uh, I remember my mom was like, no, you need to wait a year before you even think about trying because you just, you need this time with your, the baby girl. You need time with your, your first daughter. And I didn't really like understand that until maybe now where I'm kind of like, man, I wish we had more time together before my intention and my boobs go elsewhere. So. I had those feelings with um, when Willow came because it was like we thought about having a second child and then I was pregnant. 
I thought it would take me longer to get pregnant. And I was surprised when I took the pregnancy test and it was already positive. Um, and then I, I felt so deeply for Lily because she wasn't even two yet and her world completely changed. And there was another being that was taken, has taken over all of the attention and, um, uh, Lily's first sentence was go away, baby. And that was like, it was, you know, hard to hear. And I, um, I was saddened by the fact that I, I didn't have time with my first child that I wanted, um, because I was making bottles and mixing formula, which was also a hard thing for me to deal with because I wasn't breastfeeding. Um, but then I saw the connection between them grow and now they're like, especially with quarantine, inseparable. Um, and I have said to other people that I had Willow for Lily because Lily just loves Willow and Willow wants to be just like Lily. So like you said, even though you're sad about not having that time, um, it'll, it'll all balance out in the end because that's just how it's meant to be. My mom definitely had my sister for me. Like she, she would even tell us before she transitioned. She knew that her marriage was uh, on the skids and that she wasn't going to be able to make it much more. So, and I always think this takes a lot of strength. And she grew up um, an only child, even though she was, um, she has five sisters. But her mom got pregnant in 1950 when she was in college. And so she went and visited her sister and then her, helped her sister have a baby who for years could not get pregnant, but all of a sudden magically has this baby. And then, um, so that woman's name was Betty and flew back to Michigan where she was from. So then Marguerite raised my mom as her daughter. And then Betty went on to have five more sisters. And my mom was so lonely growing up as an, an only child and she never, ever wanted that for me. So she got pregnant with my sister, Dr. Blythe, intentionally knowing that she was like, the marriage was going to fall apart so that I wouldn't be lonely, which I think is really strong, you know, like um, she didn't talk about it much, but she, you know, it was the truth for her. So, and you know, there's nobody like I'm in quarantine with my sister and I'm like, I'm so glad that we already live in the same house because <laughs> otherwise this would be the pits, you know? Um, and I think some of that stuff is already written in the stars, you know, Mama D. So. Maggie, are you having any feelings about your upcoming birth? Um, no, not nothing crazy, I don't think. I've just been like, yesterday, I got, we went on Sunday to that drive-through zoo in Franklin. And when we got home, I slept for 12 hours. So I remember when I was pregnant with Ronan, towards like the last couple of weeks I just slept and again last night I, I slept for probably like 11 hours um it's not consistent like hardcore like I'm laying in one position I'm out like I get up and pee a million times um and I'm so thirsty but other than that I'm just I I'm rereading the hypnobirthing book for probably the fifth time this pregnancy just so that I can like mentally be there and be prepared and um 
I like started contemplating what to put in a bag yesterday to take with me. Ronan was preemie size, but he was born at 37 weeks in one day. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm like pretty short and petite for the most part. So I'm thinking I need to figure out where the preemie clothes are again. Um, Ronan weighed six pounds, three ounces. Yeah. Um, and I had this crazy, awesome dream. I think a couple nights ago where I saw the baby and um, he looked just like Ronan, but with like bigger lips and Michael's ears, which was really cool. So I've just been kind of marinating on like all the positives. I know there's a lot of things that we still like need, but I'm just kind of like, they'll come. Everything will come. I'm not going to stress about things that we don't have. I'm just going to be like, cool. Babies need what? Boobs? clean diapers, occasionally a bath, maybe a rinse. All that stuff is like easy peasy and anything else that we will need. I, the universe will provide, <laughs> you know, like it will come to us in some way. I, I fully believe that. Um, so yeah, my, my only, I guess, concern right now is I keep pushing my dad to come down um, because he also tested, oh, we went and got the antibodies test. We all have the antibodies, um, for COVID, but my dad also has it. So I'm trying to really push for him to come down because when I go into labor, we can't take Ronan with us. And, um, I'd really like for somebody who has the antibodies to be able to watch him and be here with him. Somebody he also is familiar with. Um, and the only person we know right now that has that is, is my dad. And so I keep trying to like, literally like four or five times a day. I'm like, so what are you doing? Are you packing to come to my house yet? Like, are you driving or are you flying? Like, what, what's your plan? Um, if you're flying here, look, I'm going to put these clothes that you left here at my house in the laundry room. So when you get here, you can just strip down, take those clothes, go to the shower, rinse and put them on. Like literally, like I have it all planned out in my head. I'm like, this is how it'll work. But he's just, he's concerned. Um, him and my mom are both concerned financially because I don't think either one of them is going to have a job to go back to. Um, so they're like, cool, if we come down, how are we going to afford it? What are we going to do? Like, are we going to be stuck there? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they own a bunch of land in Maryland with my brother. My brother owns the land. My, bro my parents take care of it um sort of thing so it's all kind of that's like my only concern is who the hell is going to watch Ronan and how am I going to make sure that he's comfortable and setting him up for success for when I when we go into labor <laughs> um we're gonna have a tickle fight when you get here and I'm like oh okay like he's he's ready mentally I think um I think he's pretty prepared He's very excited and we've been talking to him about, hey, you know, when the baby first gets here, you it's it's gonna sleep a lot. But don't worry, because mommy and daddy are gonna be here to play with you also. And hopefully Papa, which is my dad. So it's it's one of those things that's up in the air. That's like my only concern is who's gonna watch the older one. Who's got the who's got the antibodies to watch the older one so that I don't have to worry about bringing the younger one home and exposing him to anything and um, 
yeah, that's that's it. That's that's all my concern. And you know, the group path group, one of my labs that I work with, mm -hmm. they started doing testing. So they're so I think I'll probably test myself. I'm gonna talk to my sister, Dr. Blythe, and Mary and our staff meeting on Thursday, but I think that that's something we're going to do to ourselves as antibody test ourselves. And then also, um, you know, see who else needs it, like, you know, coming in and making it happen. I saw also that Thrive Drip Spa was offering them. So, you know, there's starting to be more of a thing. You don't have to chase them down quite as much. And, you know, like, what's the, um, the, um, I don't know quite how to say it. Like, you know, what's the, uh, how good are the tests? I see this, you know, like, are they false positives, false negatives, whatever? All tests are not created equal. I've been reading that a lot of the antibody tests um, are more prone to having false positives than the COVID actual swabs. Um, but they took an entire vial of our blood. So it's like, cool, if you're taking an entire vial, like how inaccurate? Um, but I've got the name of the test we took in the other room. Um, my parents took one that was just like a prick on the finger. So I know there's like a bunch of different versions out there. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's also a concern. Totally. I asked Michael's mom to go um, get herself tested just for the antibodies. I was like, if you go to get tested for the antibodies test, it, it's a two-part test. It tells you if you are a carrier or if you have the antibodies. So um, most of them are two-part tests, not all of them, but I asked her specifically to get that one. If she can, if her insurance covers it or if she can find it or et cetera. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And yeah, that's, we'll see if she, if she, is test positive for the antibodies. I mean, she's seven miles away. That'd be great, but I don't, I don't think she will. Unfortunately, I don't, um, I don't know. Does anybody else here think that they might already be carrying the antibodies? For those of you who are listening along later at home, everybody's shaking their head. Um, I think I might have been, so I'm interested to see what happens with me. All right. Well, I this week actually think that it's possible that Willow already had it because she had a very, very bad cough back in February. And I did take her to the doctor, maybe like on the third day. She was wheezing in the middle of the night, and like it was the the cough was disrupting her her sleep it was everything and they gave her steroids and that was it and it went day it went away you know by the end of the medication but um with how bad it was and knowing that it, it was already in the united states at that time it just has made barry and i wonder but we really don't know Okay. Well, I think more will be revealed, right? Each each week, each day, we're learning more things and new things about um, where to test and what the tests mean. And and are you concerned right now, Tiff, that you might be sick, that you might have an active COVID infection? 
I don't think so. I don't, I don't have like any kind of like bad cough or anything. Um, no fever, no like body aches. Like right now it's all in the front of my head. Like I just have a bad headache and I'm tired. I haven't been sleeping well. So um, I know that I need the rest and I think I'm just a little bit overworked mentally with all of, of everything, planning, packing, homeschool, like dealing with the girls and then even trying to just take care of myself in a somewhat normal way. Got it. Got it. Well, Bev's not here, and I don't, I never heard what, you know, I, it seemed like she was pretty ill last week, so I don't know what's going on with Bev. That's bummer that she's not here, but maybe we'll get her next week. And that's it for us for time. I'm going to name this episode uh, something about pets and kids and grief. I don't know, but we'll come up with something. And Maggie, I'll edit that one part out for you, okay? So it will be our secret here in the group that nobody heard. About, but okay, baby's name. No thanks. (laughs) That'll be got it. Our secret. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, my friends. Well, we'll just keep loving each other and doing the best we can, and that's what we know. And Caitlin, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to share. Maybe uh, next week you can tell us what's up, or you can uh, bitch in the group. Because that's what I like that cover photo is you're my favorite bitch to bitch about bitches with or whatever or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, I love you guys tremendously and we're all here together and we're going to just keep showing up and chatting it up and being here and being real. And that's what we got. So I love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.